On today's episode, I'll be talking about relationships and the differences I've faced while dating in both America and Jamaica. Let's start the show. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome back to episode three of the Oxenities Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're back again. Third part, third part of the introduction series and my final part of telling you about myself. So earlier in the first episode, I told you guys that I wanted to be a video game designer. Well, that's still a goal, still a dream. Still working towards that, but I am also focusing on my second dream. Honestly, I've always wanted to be in radio. Always wanted to hear my voice through the radio. Ever since I was like a little kid, there was a show that used to come on. I really can't remember what it's called, but the host was Auntie Colleen. And as a kid, you know, sitting by the radio, listening to Auntie Colleen and answering back the questions that she asked, like... You know, how kids nowadays watch Dora and talk back to the TV. So, yeah, that was kind of a dream of mine. And now, thankfully, I am doing that. I am in it to win it. Video game designing, ever since, you know, playing like Super Mario, I was like, oh, that could be better. Or, oh, Donkey Kong, that could be better and this and that and whatever. So now it's my time to reach out and grab that dream, but I'm trying to focus on this one first. So, I hope you guys are properly informed about who I am, and hopefully by now you have a perception of what kind of show this is going to be. So, let's go ahead and jump right in to the news. Oh yeah. So I wanted to keep the news light this week. There's been a lot of depressing stuff in it. For example, the uh, current drought that's facing Cape Cod. Hopefully they'll be able to get over it. Or this upcoming story. At least 95 people were killed and 158 people were injured after explosives hidden in an ambulance were detonated at a police checkpoint in Afghanistan's capital, Kabul, on Saturday. According to the deputy spokesperson for the Interior Ministry, Nasrat Rahimi, the attacker used an ambulance to get through one security checkpoint by telling the police he was taking a patient to a nearby hospital. He then detonated the explosives at the second checkpoint and police have detained four suspects connected to the incident. Now, Zabhullah Muhajid, a Taliban spokesman, claimed responsibility for the suicide bombing, which sent thick, dark smoke into the sky from the site of the explosion near the government's um, former interior minister building. The blast came a week after a deadly attack on the Intercontinental Hotel in the city which killed 22 people, including four Americans. The attack was also claimed by the Afghan Taliban. Now, I'm not a diplomat, 
but I understand human nature and I get the fact that if you poke a snake, it's gonna eventually bite you. I don't know exactly what's needed to solve the Taliban, ISIS, Al-Qaeda issue, but these people are pretty pissed about the state of their country. They aren't afraid of dying and they're willing to do anything they think will get them retribution and any group that follows that philosophy isn't they're, they're not one to be messed with right so to all my friends and family in the military i just hope you guys are safe and i hope you guys can come home to us you know hopefully soon Ooh, all right, I gotta shake that off, gotta shake that off. All right, good news, good news, positive news. <laughs> gotta keep the positivity. Ooh, here we go, next Sunday, Minnesota's gonna host the 52nd Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles, go Eagles, and the New England Patriots. I have nothing to say. I personally can't wait, to be honest. It's gonna be pandemonium here in Philly, win or lose. Because last week, we won the NFC Championship and the opportunity to play in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And some stuff went down. Bonfires were erected, like, randomly in the street. A car or two got spray-painted, and the cops had to rub, like, Crisco on one of the light posts so no one would be able to climb them. Even though people were standing on, you know, like one guy was standing on another guy's shoulder so that he could climb it. So, <laughs> didn't really help. Uh, personally, all in all, a really jolly good time. You know? Uh, all jokes aside, though, there are some pretty big stakes on the line for us. And one of those is Rocky, right? The, the Broxton mayor, Bill Carpenter, he said that if Philly were to win, then they're going to wrap their Rocky, which is Rocky Marciano, their Rocky statue in Eagles gear. And if the Patriots win, then Philly's Rocky Balboa statue has to wear Patriots attire. Uh, yeah, this can't happen at all. Philly people would go insane. So I'm predicting that the Eagles will win. And that happens if that happens, when that happens. Th there's going to be happy riding. You know, happy, happy little riding. Yay. Yay. I'm going to burn this car. Yay. If it doesn't happen, if we lose, it's basically going to be the purge, Philly style. Either way, it's going to be fun. Go Eagles. <laughs> In international news, the people of France went a little bit nutty on Friday afternoon when the Entamache, en, Entre, en, Enter, Entermache supermarket? I really hope I'm saying that right. Their chain offered shoppers a 70% discount on Nutella, bringing the price down from 4 euros 50 to 1 euro 40. 
In Queen's English, that's £3.90 to £1.23. And in Statue of Liberty English, that's $5.59 to $1.74. Well, this unavoidably caused some issues because customers were really keen on getting all that hazelnut goodness. One customer told French media that they were like animals. A woman had her hair pulled, an elderly lady took a box on her head, and another had a bloody hand. <laughs> These incidents occurred at most of the supermarket chains, which resulted in the police being called to stop the madness. A member of the staff of one store in central France told the regional newspaper Le Progress. Mm, really hope I'm saying that right too. We were trying to get in between the customers, but they were pushing us. Uh, you think? <laughs> Have you ever had Nutella? I'd probably be one of those crazy customers fighting for it. It's delicious. I had to look into this company, you know, the one that makes Nutella, and it was created by the Ferrero family in the 1940s, specifically 1941 by that family, which is kind of known in the Piedmont region of Italy, which is kind of famous for his hazelnuts because of the, 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 the climate and the where it's located on the planet. It's supposedly really big for hazelnuts. Per year, it produces 365 million gallons of Nutella. And Nutella is consumed by 160 countries around the world. So people are pretty woke on that nut. The Ferrero firm um, put out a statement condemning the violence, but noted that the discount was uh, unilaterally decided by Intermarché. Translation? If y'all gonna sue somebody, sue them, not us. <laughs> In scientific news, next Wednesday on the pre-dawn of January 31st, we'll see an incredibly rare celestial convergence known as a Super Blue Blood Moon. Now, let me break this down for you so you know what I'm talking about. The first part, the supermoon, this occurs when a full moon happens in the same time as its perigee. A perigee is when the moon is in its closest orbit with the Earth. So it's huge to the eye. Scientists are, <clears throat> and I mean scientists by NASA, they're predicting that it's going to be 14% larger. So should be looking good. The second part is the blue moon. And this happens when there's a second full moon in a single calendar month. Ever heard the phrase, once in a blue moon? Well, that's where it comes from. And the third and final part of the blood moon, which occurs... This occurs when there's a lunar eclipse and there's a faint red sunbeam peeking out around 
the edge of the moon, giving it a reddish kind of hue, if that makes sense. Reddish hue? Like a reddish copper color. You put all three together and you get what most meteorologists or scientific agency are calling the, the lunar, lunar trifecta and a and must, a must see, see for all, all people, people around, around the earth, the earth, the earth for, fantabulous for fantabulous times and wonderment. Personally, to me, it's all rubbish, but I am definitely going to go see it. I'm going to, you know, set my clock and everything because it only happens once every... 150 years and well not really once every 150 the last one happened 150 years ago so yeah i'm setting my clock because i don't know if i'm gonna make it to the next one if you'd also like to see it then you may visit nasa.com for a specific time zone where it's available from wherever you live in the world and if you feel too lazy to actually go out and set your clock to watch it, then you can go to virtualtelescope.eu. They will have a live version playing straight through the whole night. That's pretty much all I got in terms of the news. But there is one thing that I want to talk to you guys about. And it's this thing that's been filling out my timeline. So... In the past weeks, I've been seeing something that kind of is a bit alarming. Sex dolls. There's been a large influx of news in my timeline about that. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the friends that I have. But it's been coming up and it's concerning me. I believe that as humans, we should explore our sexualities and find that threshold of sexuality that we are most comfortable with. But in the same light, I don't think that incorporating a outside figure such as a plastic doll is the proper way to go about this. Now, I'm not saying you guys should go ahead and toss your fleshlights or your dildos. Because that can simply be an extension of your type of lovemaking. No judgment. No judgment whatsoever. I mean, whatever you do in bed with your partner is between both of y'all. So, I can't judge. What I am saying, though, is that people can develop fantasies that simply can't be met by their human counterparts. As well as it could probably be carried out by their plastic counterparts. And that can lead to, you know, virtual dependency. Basically, that person choosing to pleasure themselves instead of being social with friends. Or spending hours at a time with an inanimate object to feel love. Planning their day around pleasuring themselves. Developing a warped sense of intimacy because of... I don't know, like pornography. The list just goes on and on and on. And it's a lot for me. It, it, there's a lot involved. And as a result, I don't think I can 
like go through all of this in the time that I have to talk to you guys. So how about this? In the coming weeks, <clears throat> and I don't know when, I'll do a topic about sex and sexuality to cover all of this. It'll mostly be like a panel discussion because I don't, I don't know if you guys just want to hear from me. I will involve a group of diverse individuals from different standpoints so we can all discuss it and talk it out. And you guys can share in the experience. Matter of fact, it'll be just an episode to focus on that. So there will be no news, just conversation. It's gonna be raunchy, but I think we can talk this out objectively. So stay tuned for that. And that's pretty much it for the news, you guys. Wanted to keep it short and light, a little sweet, and very satisfying this week. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. I'll be right back with more Oxenities. You alone, you alone, you alone, you alone, baby, baby, girl, girl, you alone, one. Trabas with You Alone. Full name Andrew Trabas is a Jamaican reggae and dancehall artist that gained his fame and influence through YouTube and Instagram. He 
started out as a comedian who posted various comedy sketches of himself and his friends in a wide array of socially awkward situations. He then used that fame to jumpstart his massively successful music career. If you haven't heard his music before, I think you should definitely give it a listen. It's worth it. Just be aware there is there, there is a there there's strong language that's used. And that's okay. You know, if you're not into that, it's cool. He can be found on Spotify, Pandora, Google Play Music, Apple Music, Deezer, and iHeartRadio. For social interaction, you can find him on YouTube, Instagram, and Snapchat. So check him out. You should enjoy it. Yeah. Happy listening, y'all. And then I put this last point, repeat. Because I really feel like some people think that if they just get through this process, that it's good. I, I, I worked on my singleness. Now I'm intentionally dating. I got engaged. We got married. We love each other. We got children. And that's it. That's why the divorce rate for people over 45 has increased in the past 25 years. Because their project is gone. The thing we had in common to work on, our children, are gone. So now when I come home, I'm not asking for homework. I'm not asking. I'm not getting them new J's. I'm not asking where's cheerleading practice. I got to look at you. We got to talk. We can go to the movies all day, every day. But I don't want to because I don't know you. Because I haven't, I haven't kept perfecting myself. And so the greatest thing that you can do in relationship progression is repeat this cycle again. Put it back up there. After you get through this whole thing, you never need to stop being single in your relationship. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? I'm talking about what's the last thing you did to perfect yourself? What, what, what's the last thing you did to add to the marriage? Did you go back and take a finance course so y'all money can be like plat, 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 plat? Did you, did you figure out another language so when you go to France, you can be able to see if they're serving you good food or not? Did you add anything to the relationship? Many people stop perfecting who God's created them to be because they joined with somebody else. Really powerful words there from Pastor Michael Todd. He is a lead pastor for Transformation Church. And he has a YouTube series of his preachings and his word. And even if you're not religious, I really recommend it. It's something to look at. My girlfriend, she's the one that introduced me to it. And I gotta be honest, dude speaks some truth. A lot of truth, actually. And that brings me into this week's topic, which is relationships. And all there is to it. Now, relationships or the definition of a relationship is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. What does that mean? There's a lot, there's a lot going on there. Uh, let me, let me just say this. I've personally been in a few relationships and each one has taught me more than I've personally ever learned in school. I've learned discipline, patience, understanding, hatred, malice, rage, and bliss. 
some of those aren't the best traits, if I gotta be honest, to really learn. And some of them I'm still working to perfect, because I'm not quite there with all of them yet. But they're all lessons nonetheless. Another lesson I learned was hurt. Oh, God. I've been hurt, and I've done some hurting of my own. Maybe a bit more than I needed to, but kind of had to because it fed into my ego. It made me feel superior in the moment and helped me calm my rage. But at the end, it only helped to add more pain to my heart. I'll... I'll give you a brief example. So, all right, all right, all right. Let me talk to you. So there was this girl that I was dating, right? We knew each other from high school and in passing. Uh, years later, we linked up back again on Facebook and we started flirting, right? Started to mess around with each other and eventually started dating and then that turned into an entire relationship which lasted about two years looking back i can honestly say that that was truly the worst relationship i have ever been in there was no stability whatsoever we argued all the time and in retrospect we never should have been together from jump. We, we weren't good for each other. And as time went by, and more and more, it became more obvious. But I guess I was just either too stubborn or too hot-headed to call it quits. You know, like. I don't want to lose. I don't want to be the one that loses. I don't want to be the one that call it quits. Just uh, in it to win it. And I guess that's either me being a glutton for punishment or just me being a sadist in general. Either way, this whole two-year event was honestly one of the greatest lessons of my life. I've... It taught me so much. It it taught me what I'm willing to accept and what I'm not willing to accept. What I perceive as a need and what I perceive as a want. And just in general, my foundation, my relationship foundation. It. I don't want to say it was my relationship foundation. It was. It was the drywall of my relationship. All right, my foundation honestly, came from my parents and their relationship. And based on the life that they lived, I use that as an example or as a benchmark for everything else. Like how to treat your partner. How to, how to go above and beyond for your partner. What to expect from your partner. What your partner should be like. All of which I needed to develop and experience for myself so that I would truly know what I wanted. Thankfully, throughout the years of pain, <laughs> agony, and disappointment, I developed that on my own. I developed my own blueprint. And now I know what I need from my partner. And it's still kind of a work in progress. I'm not saying that, yeah, I'm 
I'm there. I'm 100% there. But now I know what I like. I know what I want. And I know that if I don't get these things from the partner that I have, then I feel lacking in the relationship. This is what I need. This is what will help to make me happier because based off of, and not just that one significant specific relationship, but relationships throughout the years, relationships from friends, relationships from family, relationships from girlfriends of yesteryear. I know now what I need and that's pretty much it. I think we all need to develop a need in our relationship. We all need to know what we want or what we need from our partner. If we know what we need from our partner, then tell your partner what you need. And after that, then it's your partner's goal or your partner's mission to meet those needs, to make you happy. Thus, ensuring a healthier relationship. That's just what I think. <clears throat> I, I... I have... I guess since living here in America, I've gotten a chance to absorb some of the needs of the American male versus the Jamaican male, which I am. For example, in Jamaica, a woman is expected to run the household, be a homemaker, treat her man like a king, and put him first. Most men won't tolerate, you know, a woman that's dirty or can't cook. Or doesn't have the values of what is considered a homemaker. Um, which as a Jamaican, I exemplify with. I I find that my needs align with that very well. For example, okay. So, <laughs> I dated, when I, when I first came here to America, I dated this American girl. Uh, in talking, she seemed like a really nice girl. We uh, went out on a date, and before we went on the date, I went over to her place to pick her up. When I went over there, and I walked in, it was a mess. Oh, God, it was like a sty. I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be around her. I was like, ugh, just ugh. But then, like, months later, I met this uh, Jamaican girl. You know, the, the one that I spoke of earlier. And she was so clean, super clean. She cooked, she did everything. She was, that was the positive from the relationship. And yes, getting that made me happier. But there was more things involved that didn't quite work. And I'm now realizing more than ever that cultural differences is a huge key and this can be summed up by <clears throat> i don't know what's wrong with my throat should have drank more juice <coughs> excuse me culturally if you're in a relationship with a black girl and you're white race big thing culture 
focus on each other's culture, try to understand each other's culture, try to find similarities in the culture, and then make it work. Different countries, focus on that, the culture. Focus on that. Involve each other in each other's cultural differences. Use that to make it work. Because that's honestly the only way it's really going to work. Because that's a huge thing, culture. And a lot of people don't focus on that. Now, for some American men, most of them, most of these needs are kind of moot. You know? They're okay with living in a dirty environment. Or they don't have an issue with their woman not cooking for them or whatnot. They can go out and, like, eat out. And that's the American part that I'm trying to, like, wrap my head around and get more comfortable with. Now, they also like the idea of being treated like a king and being put first, which only goes to prove that even though there may be differences in culture and differences in, you know, countries, people still fundamentally have the same relationship goals no matter where you're from, they kind of still align in some way. I don't know if any man out there that doesn't want his woman to treat him like a king or doesn't want to be placed ahead of everybody else. Obviously not her parents or siblings because I think we all have to have a system of support that we should be able to turn to whenever the one we love isn't around. But when that person is around, they should be made to believe and feel that they're the only person in the world. Some may argue that this is damaging to a person's self-esteem because if they solely depend on one person to care and comfort, they won't be able to care for themselves. Well, I tend to disagree. I believe that you can be in a relationship, right? And you can have your individuality. But at the same time, if the person that you're in the relationship doesn't show that you are their world, they don't show that you are cared for, you are loved, you are special, you are important to them, then at that point, you really got to ask, what's the point of being in a relationship? Because I could just get all of this by myself. You know what I mean? Earlier, I gave a definition for a relationship. And the way I said it was two people are connected. And that's the key aspect to take away from the definition. Connection. The lack of connection is why here in the United States, the current divorce rate is between 40 and 50%. And that's wild. Like, truly and honestly, while I think about it, 50%—50% of people that are getting married are getting divorced. That does not compute. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense. That—if you walk into, I don't know, the courthouse, and you see— A hundred people, 99 people plus you, and you look around the room, 
50 of those relationships is going to end in divorce. At that point, why would you even want to get married? You know? I think it's 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 arrogant to think, "Oh, not me. I'm good. I'm not going to be in that situation. I'm better. My relationship works." Yeah, but you don't work at it. So what do you think is going to happen? It's going to end in disaster. Work on it. Then it'll work out. It'll propel. It'll do better. It will be better. If you don't want to work at it, then what do you expect is going to happen? It's not going to work out. It's going to end in disaster. As far as connections go, we need to take care of our partner in the same way that we take care of ourselves. Like, think about that for a second. You come home, right? Just an example. You come home and you're hungry. So what do you do? You go, you get some food. Now you live by yourself. You ain't got to worry about nobody. It's just you. Heat up some food, cook some food, order some food, whatever. And that's it. Or or you're on your way home from work and you pick up some food. Now that you picked up the food, you, that's all you. It's all yours. Eat it. Enjoy it. All of that. But... You have a partner at home and you go and you go to this restaurant or whatever and you pick up food and you don't bring anything home for them. You don't get them a meal also. What? What? What's the point of that? What's the point of being in that relationship and not thinking about that other person? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you do that? Why would you be so selfish? And if you are going to be that selfish, then why are you in a relationship? It takes work. It takes determination. It takes hard, hard work. It's, it's almost, no, it is. It's harder than getting a degree. Because for a degree, you just got to study study the coursework, produce it on the test paper or through your thesis. Relationship? Oh, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's 12 dissertations in one. That's not, that's not something that you should skimp on. That's not something that you should take for granted or be like, uh, I'll get to it later. Or, uh, I'll work on it later. Uh, she'll be all right. No. No. Gotta do, gotta do what you gotta do. And it's, it's, it's in the same sense that I was saying, if you're gonna take care of yourself, why be with someone? Because showing care for another person or your partner in the same way that you showed for yourself that's the only way you'll truly stay together and feel connected as one. And that goes back to the definition. Connected. That's what we need in relationships. That's how we avoid the divorce rate. That's how we sustain a family and a great example for our children and their children and their children until... Everybody's good.
Yeah. And that's all I got to say. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to part three and the final part of the introduction series. I hope you are properly enlightened, and I hope that you also feel a little bit more comfortable with me going forward on this podcasting journey. Now, if you'd like to follow the show, you can do so on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you'd like to follow me, you can do so on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Next week, I'll be starting a new series focusing about around Black History Month and the various people that have influenced me throughout my life. Now, before I go, I want to play a quick clip for you guys of a phone conversation that I had with my dad, who is one of the people that have influenced me throughout my life, and he says some very interesting stuff about relationship, and I wanted to share that with you. So, enjoy, God bless, and have a wonderful day. One somebody can't love, and the other somebody not love. Both person, both, both, both person have to love. And that's how you think a relationship really need to survive? Yes, because if you don't love the other person, you know, you're you going to do everything out of the, uh, differently and you're going to hide things and you're going to do all kinds of different things. Mm. Love are the number one. If one love and the other one no love, it don't make no sense. Right. Because, listen, listen. If both, if, if you love somebody, you will do everything and anything to him. You will come in and cook, you will wash, you will clean, you will carry her, go anywhere she wants to go, wants a good places, and whatever. And if you're not love, you will find all kind of different faults. Well, you can't go and you can't this and that are going to happen, this are going to happen, all kind of something. Right. So... Start from love first because all most people know all they want are just when you pack it. If, if, if you don't have nothing in there, then go then on somewhere else. <laughs> or even if they are coming in, they get something outside to come in with. I don't know you're not. I'm a summit with love, 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 love.